Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today, I want to talk about the word only. O-N-L-Y. This word popped up to me today because I was listening to another podcast and the woman was sharing a story about being the only black woman at the swimming pool and looking around and hoping that there would be other people who looked like her and there never was until one day another black woman showed up and she was like, oh, I'm not the only one anymore. And then she kind of felt like, hey, it's us doing this together, even though they never talked. And I, and it stood out to me because that word only is is has two sides to it. When I was in high school, I wanted to be the only one that either had the new Jordans or heard the latest song so I can introduce it to everybody. Like I wanted to be the only one in positive ways, in ways that I thought would make me more popular, make me cool. Uh, you know, get me dates, meet women. Like, there's so many different ways that we've all wanted to be the only one. You know, on on social media, there's always like a a fun little game that they play of, uh, you know, who wore it best. And there's this idea of like, you know, you want to be the only one showing up, especially with women, you want to be the only one who's wearing the dress at the event, right? You want to be the only one who is wearing uh, maybe a certain uh, scent or cologne. Um, and, and you hope sometimes you're the only one in your group, in your circle of friends, who knows about the best place to go get pizza. So there are all these positive ways in which, you know, we've sought to be the only one. And, you know, the shadow side of that is when we feel like we're the only one, it can make us feel lonely, right? If you feel like you're the only one who looks the way you do, who sounds the way you do, who walks and talks and has the the kind of childhood or background or story that you do, it could feel isolating and embarrassing on some levels. You know, I remember as a kid, my mom is from Belize, Central America, and I was embarrassed about that part of my family, feeling like I was the only one who had a parent from Central America, from a third world country, from a place where there were rats running around in open sewers, and I had to, you know, get uh, I had to bathe in, in rainwater and uh, cut grass with a machete. I felt like I was the only one. And it's so crazy because there's 6 billion people on the planet. So to think you're, you're the only one with the experience that you've had uh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> Relax of a better term. It's is absolutely preposterous and outlandish. Um and 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 I think that when we feel lonely being the only one, it's because 
we forget our relationship to things. Think about the sun, the moon, the earth. There's Our sun is the only sun that we have. Our moon is the only moon that we have. The earth is the only earth that we have. And if the sun forgets its relationship to the earth, meaning that is part of helping us grow trees, vitamin D, giving us energy, providing us food, you know, uh, dictating the seasons. If the sun only thinks about the sun and how it's our only sun, then the sun could feel lonely and can feel like it doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't have um, any any mission. There's no reason for it to shine. And, and it could just diminish and implode and disappear. But if the sun thinks about all the ways in which it is part of a bigger picture, because it's the sun is in relationship to the moon and the earth and our atmosphere and the galaxy. All these things are, are one. They look like individual pieces, but when we zoom out, we see one atmosphere, right? Like Saturn has its own moons and, and stars and, and surrounding planets and other planets out there that we've discovered. Uh, they have their own suns and moons and, and satellite planets. And so if you feel like you're the only one, remember your relationship to people. Remember that in order for a group of people to feel like um, you stand out in whatever way that is, then you're actually helping them identify more of who they are. Think about that for a second. We really only know who we are in relationship to other people. This is the beauty of being in a relationship that to actually really discover why you do some of the things you do, why you say some of the things you say, why this bothers you, why that lights you up, why that excites you, um, why that nourishes you. As we discover these things in relationship to other people, places, and things. Um, what, what happened recently? Something happened where I was like, oh, that's like, so Michelle um, is very sensitive to smells. And I recognize for whatever reason, I'm not sensitive to smells. I'm sensitive to sound. And so when there's a scent that bothers her, I'm then able to be like, oh, that's her response to that smell. Cause I don't understand it because I, I don't have that re reaction or response to a certain smell is my response to sound. And it now helps me to understand and empathize not only with Michelle, 
but with other people. You know, there's some people who like to talk up close. And there's some people who need like an arm distance away. And I go, okay, what's my thing? Because a lot of times we go, well, that's weird that you have that thing. But we don't recognize that we have our thing too, right? And that comes when we are in relation to each other. Now, I do want to do, go a little deeper in terms of this, this word only, right? Because it can, if we, if we have that self-talk in our mind where we're using the word only, it can be used against us, weaponized, or it can be something that we use to empower us, to enthrall us, to connect us. And so in our, in our self-talk, if we're using that word only, it could minimize our accomplishments, our capabilities, our experiences. Like, I only got a PhD. I only make 50 grand a year. I only came in second place. You know, I'm only a father. I'm only a son. Um, you know, all these onlys that we rack up and we don't recognize how when we use it in that way, um, I only did 10 push-ups, right? We are minimizing what we've done. We're minimizing what we can do. And we're minimizing the experience, not just for us, but for other people. You know, uh, it, was, it was only okay. How was the meal? It was only okay, right? So many ways that we use only, and it, and it makes... Um, it, it, it's, there's something contractual about it um, where it, it reduces our enthusiasm, right? Um, because that word only also, uh, in, a, in a weaponized sense, uh, it can be used to make comparisons, right? Where we use it where we say, I'm only as good as dot, 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 or I've only achieved this much compared to others, right? When we use it like that, that can foster a sense of inadequacy, competition, or perfectionism. I just watched this Netflix documentary, and the, this guy was trying to win, get the most wins in Tour de France. So not most Tour de France wins, but the most leg wins. So, you know, like there's like, I think, eight legs. I don't know how many legs there are in the tour de France. And so you get, you know, you get a, um, you get like kind of a trophy and recognition for every leg that you win. And the most legs anyone has ever won is 30, I think 33 or 34. And the guy goes, okay, I'm going to retire this year. And he was retiring that year with the hope of beating the record of 33 so that he can get 34. And you know what? He didn't do it. And you could see the look of defeat on his face. Think about this. He won 33. He battled through so much. And yet, because he's comparing himself to someone else's record, uh, he couldn't even be present with his family and children. Now, granted, that is natural. If, if you train so hard and you set an expectation and then you fall short of your expectations, yeah, absolutely take the space to feel deflated, defeated, dismayed, 
discouraged, whatever that, whatever comes up for you. Um, but also recognize that had we not compared ourselves to someone else, we would have just looked at our own performance and said, did I do my best? Did I prepare as best as I could, run the best race that I could? And, um, and when we do that, we can let go of the outcome. Now, that word only can also be weaponized, in, uh, and this ties into what we talked about before, in limiting beliefs, right? Because it can, because like if we say, I can only do this much, or I'm only capable of this, we don't really know before we do something what we're really capable of. If I do five push-ups, like I'll give you an example, when I did, I do pull-ups, I try to do pull-ups at least once a week. And there was a period where I was um, able to do more pull-ups every week. I went from two pull-ups to three to five and then nine pull-ups, right? And so, of course, I'm setting an expectation of, well, well, I did nine last time. I should be able to get 11. And you know what? Nope, drop back down to three. <laughs> um, so, but my point is, we don't know what we're capable of at any given moment. Sometimes we're going to uh, surpass our expectations, and sometimes we're going to come under. But very rarely do we hit the exact mark. Very rarely does everything play out exactly how we saw it. We, we might get close. Most of the things might work out, um, and we might still win the race. But very rarely does it all play out as we imagine. And a lot of times, we just we don't know until we show up, right? You know, there's always that, I didn't know I had it in me kind of thing, right? And then the last way um, using that word only can be weaponized against us is it can contribute to imposter syndrome where we attribute our achievements to luck or external factors rather than our own abilities. Now, it's because, you know, we might say, I only got this because of luck. Now, we can attribute part of it to luck. Yes, that is a, a beautiful way of going about life. However, let's not leave out our effort, our work, how we showed up, how we put in the time, how we asked questions, how we were diligent and disciplined. Let's not leave out the studying, the planning, the preparation, and the fact that we actually were able to execute, right, regardless of why. Um, Because sometimes, yes, there might be some luck involved, but we put ourselves in position. Don't forget you put yourself in position. A lot of people don't even put themselves in position for luck to happen. You put yourself in position for luck to take place. So kudos to you, right? Don't drop the ball on that. Now, on a, on a you know beautiful side, we can use lonely to empower us, right? Um, because if we say something like, you know what? I only need to put this work in today. And I love using only like that because there's some days 
where you think, oh, I don't want to do this again. And I'm going to have to do this forever. And using that word only, like we don't have to do this forever. Only today. Only this moment. Only this rep. Only for five minutes. Sometimes that word only can help to motivate us and push us forward. So when you're thinking about words and self-talk and think about how you can, instead of getting rid of words, think about how you can reframe it so it can empower you, right? Um, Because another way that that word only can be used to help us set realistic expectations. If you're like me, I'm always, uh, I have super unrealistic, like I'm shooting for the moon expectations or I'm super undervaluing. (laughs) I'm very rarely in the middle. And that word only can help us set realistic expectations and goals for ourselves, right? Where it's like, let's only, and, and, and when we set those realistic expectations, that can help us avoid stress, burnout and disappointment like i'm only gonna do one i'm only gonna instead of you know a lot of times i'll be like i'm gonna do a thousand push-ups no no i'm only going to do one push-up that's a realistic expectation um it's it's uh setting me up for excitement if i go beyond the one um but that word only can so look at how you're using it right Are you employing it in a positive way where it can foster gratitude and appreciation? For instance, if you're saying, I've only been able to travel to a few places, but I'm grateful for those experiences. So there we kind of have that that negative beginning, but we add to it, but I'm grateful for those experiences. So we're kind of... um, you know, uh, leveling it out, so to speak, where the first part is sometimes how we feel, right? Where we go, oh, I've only been uh, to like, you know, three cities, but I'm super grateful for it. And then we can go into why we're grateful. I got to meet new friends. I got to, um, you know, do cool things. Um, I have stories to tell. I got a job, you know, offer from it. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um and so we can start off with, uh, I only did one push-up, but I couldn't even do a push-up before. And now I did one, right? So we can, we can you know, take that dot, dot, dot and keep going. At, and that's where that word but can really help us out, right? And the last way that word only can benefit us is by reducing our perfectionism. It helps us to embrace the idea that it's okay to have limitations, right? Um, Saying something like, I've only done what I can with the resources available. Beautiful. You're acknowledging that you took what you had, you did your best, and this was the outcome. Done. Hands washed of it. You could, maybe you win, maybe you lose, uh, but did you learn? Did you grow? There's so many other things that we can look at to grasp onto to kind of eliminate this wheel of perfectionism that can keep spinning and spinning and, and leading us to beating ourselves up, right? 
so that when we go, listen, I took the resources. It's almost like when you open a fridge and you have five things in there and you go, okay, this is, I'm going to make a meal. This is the best meal I can make with what's in the fridge. We've all been there, you know, especially if you're in college, you had some ramen noodles, you had some, um, uh, maybe I remember I had ramen noodles, I had some canned tuna, and then I had a little cheese. And if you don't think I mixed all three of those things together and made myself a delicious, yummy meal before bed, let's go, right? So that word only can be in empowering. So look at how you're using your self-talk. Ask yourself, how can I reframe this to um, energize me, to reignite my passion, my motivation, and get me moving forward? What can I say to reduce the pain and alleviate the pressure so I can get back to that place of calm and serenity? If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with one other person. That way we can foster communication and talk about ways in which they use only, right? And when we have conversation, we have community. And when we have community, we have connection. Let's get to tomorrow together.